Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of The Revolutionized Mind. My brother came up to me yesterday and said, can you believe we're already halfway done 2021? And I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, it's June. We're six months into this year. That's crazy to me. Not that anybody really celebrated New Year's or anything this past year, but I feel like a lot of us were in this mindset of, you know, 2020 sucked. It came with all these challenges and we were waiting for 2021 to start. But here we are six months in and I feel like we are still in the same space that we were last year in terms of lockdown. And obviously this is going to be different based on where you live. But for us here in Ontario, it's pretty much the same. But on a positive note, it really looks like things are opening up. The cases are coming down. A lot of people are getting vaccinated. And although we still do need to be very careful as things are opening back up and making sure that the people we're around are staying safe and healthy as well, I think that there are some positive things to look forward to in the next coming months. So if this helps you like it's helping me, please just remind yourself that we've done this for almost over a year now when we are just at the end and we will get to see our friends or do these fun things that we're used to so very soon and I mean something that helps me is just at the end of the day I'm healthy luckily I've had my health all throughout this pandemic which not everybody can say so as cheesy as it sounds just being grateful for the little things and getting through one day at a time. I do just want to quickly talk about Everyday Empowerment, which is part of the London Youth Advisory Project. This is a new initiative in London, Ontario, that has the goal of empowering young women and gender-diverse youth to champion change in their community. And they host monthly events and workshops to give people the resources to achieve just that. And I was actually a lab mentor this past semester for a first-year psychology class, and One of my students from one of those labs had reached out to me saying that she is part of this project and asked me to be a speaker at this event next week. So they have a focus of mental health and mindfulness for the month of June, and they have an amazing workshop lined up. I am speaking with two other people, one of them being Summer Blight, who I've had on this podcast from the Blissed Out Project. And my topic is going to be about mental health in a pandemic. So I think it's really fitting, especially now as we're reaching the end. I think a lot of people have struggled with their mental health over the last year and a bit just because of this abnormal situation, I think, that the whole world has faced. And it's also related to this week's topic. Our guest today talks about how her mental health was affected at the beginning of the pandemic and kind of use that as a way to check in with herself and give herself this opportunity of creating an amazing Instagram page to spread these positive messages about fitness, health, nutrition, and all that. So I'm really excited for this conversation. But this Everyday Empowerment event is next Wednesday, June 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. And I currently have a registration link in my Instagram bio, but I'll also put it in this episode description. It would be awesome to see some people from the TRM community come out to this event and hopefully learn some new information, strategies, whatever it may be to help you in your well-being. 
With that being said, here's Brianna. So today I'm here with Brianna Gibbons, who I've had the honor of knowing throughout high school. So do you want to just introduce yourself before we talk about our topic today? Sure. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Bri. You guys call me Bri. Um, I am a personal trainer and fitness instructor. I have my undergrad. I can't believe it's been a year since I graduated, over a year. Um, my background's in biochemistry. And basically, while I was in school, I took courses in anatomy and metabolism and nutrition and kind of fell in love with fitness while I was at school because it was basically my only outlet for mental health and everything or the only area in my life that I felt like I could really control. Like you go into the gym, you work hard, you get results. It's a lot of fun and it helped me a lot. So I kind of went into fitness to help other people see that side of fitness as well. And not just you work out to be buff or you work out to be strong, but you work out for yourself and for your mental health as well. So that's kind of how I got into all of this a little bit about me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think what you do is incredible. I love everything that you post. And I think it's yeah more important now more than ever because of the pandemic. Everybody's home. So everybody's kind of either, I think, went one way on exercise, like super mm-hmm. or not at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when and why did you actually decide to start your fitness page on Instagram? Um, so when I graduated from school, I kind of took a little bit of a risk instead of getting I guess like a job with my degree, I decided I wanted to go into fitness and work at a gym. I worked at about three different gyms this past year, obviously (laughs) hasn't panned out because of the pandemic, but I wanted to still work in fitness. I couldn't do it in person at the gym. So I wanted to do something else. And Instagram was the way I decided to do that. I could share workouts with people, share what was working for me and kind of show that at home workouts can be fun and effective. Obviously it's not the same and it's Like for me personally, I love lifting heavy. I love working out with other people. So being at home by yourself is very different, but I kind of wanted to show people that you can make fitness fun at home and that there are so many other benefits than just lifting to look a certain way and that it can be realistic and sustainable. You don't need to have hours of time. You can have 20 minutes. And yeah, I just wanted to share that side of fitness as well because I feel like there's not enough out there. There's tons of fitness influencers who look amazing and obviously share their tips of how they got these incredible bodies. But I think there's also just people who just want to work out because it's good for them, but it's hard to find a good balance out there on the internet of what to do or where to start. Yeah, I think that's amazing because like you said, like all we see on social media is just these perfect people doing these perfect things that they have either workouts already prescribed to them, like they are on their own regimen. Mm But like for everyday people, we don't really have that. So that's why I love your whole vibe and your whole emphasis on balance. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, exactly like you're saying, there's so many people out there who they have the time to have these perfect diets, these perfect exercise routines, but not everyone has that time or not everyone wants to have that. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to just find a balance that's also still effective. We are working on your health. If you want to lose weight, it's still a great way to do it. But You don't have to be perfect, or I kind of talk about this. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to work out six days a week for an hour or just sit on your ass at home doing nothing. (laughs) Like you can have a good balance and still like have a life, but also incorporate fitness and health as well. So that's kind of what I like to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So besides fitness, what else do you try to promote on your page? Um, Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but balance is the biggest thing for me. And Um, nutrition a little bit as well. I'm currently taking some courses in like holistic nutrition, 
which is kind of interesting because it's, I have like the background science and this is more about like balance between your mind and your body and all that. So a little bit about nutrition, obviously when I'm certified, I'd love to share even more about that, but I'm still learning so much too there. And then honestly, the, a lot of things I like to share is just things that make me feel good. Like I like to share posts that keep me feeling positive or like help me to like want to work out, find motivation to like just keep going every day because a lot of times I find I spend too much time on social media. I just feel so negative, so lost. You play the comparison game and you just feel like crap after. <laughs> so I just like to post things that make me feel good to hopefully help someone else too. Cause I know right now it's a tough time. All we have is social media or like zoom and like stuff like this. Like it's not the same. So it's nice to just hopefully try to spin things in a positive way and help other people if they're struggling at home too. Yeah. And for me, like when I'm scrolling social media and I see that one like refreshing positive post, I like how you post a lot. Like what's one thing you're grateful for today? I think mm -hmm. that just allows me to self-reflect and like just stop going through scrolling, just seeing everybody's lives and like actually thinking about myself and trying to like take a positive spin on it, like you said. Yeah. I think that's so important to just take a second and reflect on yourself because you're getting so much input of other people's lives and their successes and their best moments. And that's like, oh, my life sucks compared to this. But they're only sharing their highs. And to like take yeah. a second and be like, okay, what do I got going for me today? What am I grateful for? It's small little things, but I just think they actually really do help, especially yeah. right now. So, yeah, And it's crazy to think about like how much information we have about other people. Like our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents like never had that type of access to other people's lives. So the amount of stuff that we know about other people is actually kind of scary. <laughs> I know. It's like so, my head is probably filled with so much useless information yeah. about other people, but it's just available. And like mm -hmm. right now, it's one of the only things to do. So exactly, which is why I just think it's extra important to post that positive content and make sure like you're following people that do make you feel good and have a positive impact on you. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the biggest things I did like at the beginning of COVID is I just unfollowed a lot of influencers who I was like, yeah. okay, has no value to my life, makes me yeah. feel like crap after. So it's not yeah. anything personal. It's not like I didn't like their content. It's just the way it was leaving me feeling. It just decided it was like, okay, my mental health here comes first. So just a I little. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like boundaries but... too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for you personally, how has like posting this type of content, like gratitude and other positive things impacted your own life? Um, I think at the beginning of COVID, I started to notice, well, everyone probably is in the same boat, but I started to really spend a lot of time with myself. Before, like in university, like you're always doing stuff. Like I lived with six other people. So yeah, you're around roommates, you're working on whatever it is, you're in the gym, homework, like you're always busy. There's always yeah. stuff to do. Um, and then COVID hit and I lost my job and I was like, I've just spent a lot of time with myself now. Like I'm alone a lot. And I just yeah. realized I had never spent that time getting to know myself. And when I did, I noticed I just had some relationships with food in my own body. I was like, this isn't exactly healthy. This is probably normalized in society. So I've never even noticed it wasn't healthy, but little things weren't making me happy. And when I started doing more gratitude, following people that made me feel good or that were doing positive things, I started to notice the red flags in my own life and kind of could work on that myself a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like a lot of people had that experience with COVID and like the world just kind of came to a stop and we were like, okay, what now? Like we were yeah. all to ourselves, like you said, like from these busy lives, like we just couldn't do that anymore. And we were forced to just sit with ourselves. 
And I think depending on like where your mental state was at the beginning of COVID, like a part of me knows how scary it could be for some people who might be mm -hmm. in like a really bad state with their mental health, being alone with it all the time. But exactly, yeah. I think like where I was at and it sounds like kind of where you were at, like we had this time and it's like, okay, how can we like make the best out of this and like turn this into a positive experience in some type of way? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say like, I personally was in a bad place. I know a lot of people were, but it was just like me realizing that I also wasn't in the best place I could be. I felt like, especially with myself or that I felt like I had good relationships with other people and that I was working hard, but I didn't have the best relationship with myself. And having that much time to spend with myself, I was like, okay, how can we work on this a bit? Like now's the time to do it. So Yeah. And that like self-awareness and ability to actually recognize and come forward and say that is huge and a great mm -hmm. first step. Yeah. Honestly, that's the little steps. Yeah. Just taking that first leap is what's yeah. important. So obviously you've learned a lot over the past year, <laughs> but what have you learned most importantly about exercise and its relationship to mental health? Well, I guess in my programs, undergrad, personal training, everything, I mean, it's proven scientifically that exercise does help your mental health. Obviously, it's not going to solve everything, but working out releases endorphins, which is your happy hormones. So doing little things that make you happy, such as exercise, can help improve your mental state a little bit. It's not going to be perfect or the cure, but just trying to make those efforts every day to do something for you, that's something that makes you happy to have those hormones going through your body can help a little bit. And it can be the biggest difference, I think, on really dark days, just having that little boost. I mean, there's so many other uh, benefits to exercising that people don't talk about enough as well. Physically, it reduces your stress, you get better sleep, which has such a big impact on your mental health. Like people don't talk about that enough too. Sleep is so important. And yeah, all the other physical stuff as well. But I think realizing that there was just so much more to exercise than to just look good was the biggest thing that I like enjoyed learning about. And one of the biggest examples, I've kind of talked about this a little bit, is recently Khloe Kardashian posted that big thing where she got upset when unedited photos of her body were posted. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had these other posts about it. Everyone was upset because you she, like she's responsible for making these unrealistic body issues that we have in society and she was complaining about it and everyone had their opinion on it but one thing that stood out from what she said about it to me was that she wasn't happy in her body and she has access to the best trainers the best nutrition plastic surgeons whatever it is that she's gone and done and she still wasn't happy with how she looked like people are telling her every day how gorgeous she is she has millions of followers and she still wasn't happy so I think that kind of even proved to me even further that it has to come with from within, like feeling confident, feeling happy, no matter how you look, it's always going to come from within. So that was kind of a cool thing to see too. Like something to realize, I think for other people as well, like it's not exercise isn't just about manipulating your body. Yeah. I actually brought that up a couple episodes ago because it was after I saw your post, I looked into mm -hmm. it more and the girl I had on, she was just sharing her story and talking about how like mental illness doesn't discriminate. And it reminded me of that, just saying that like these perfect ideal people that we look up to, yeah. like they still struggle. It doesn't matter like what you have and everything I think on the outside looks much different than on the inside. And that just goes to show like how important kindness is and the little things yeah, because you exactly. really never know what people are going through. Yeah. And I think like it's great right now there's a whole body positivity movement. So there's people of all different sizes posting but then I, like some people who are smaller post and it's like get flagged for it. And like, you really don't know what's going on inside someone's head, what they've been through. To me, like kindness is just the best way to go. Cause mm -hmm. like 
especially on social media, you have no idea what these people come from. I don't know how people even feel like they can comment on other people's bodies, but yeah, I thought that was a good post or a good comment to like kind of realize for everyday people too, like no matter what your body is, like you still have a worth, you still have value and just Mm -hmm. to do what's best for you. And yeah, a lot of times people just, I mean, we talk about like the body on social media and whether it's edited, how it looks and all this, but Mm -hmm. like we don't really talk about the mental health side of it. And like, I mean, as a consumer, like as you're scrolling and you're seeing all this, like how it actually affects you. I don't think it's something that a lot of people talk about. Yeah, I think even if you don't realize it, the comparison game is always played. And it's like poison for your body to constantly be comparing yourself. Oh, my arms don't look like that. Oh, this is wrong. It's the same with like hip dips and all these like new fads that come in of what's attractive and what's not. It's like you're never going to be able to keep up. (laughs) And like there's no point in comparing because everyone is just so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough. And like I said, like I think just (laughs) social media in general is like such a weird tool that can be used for many positive benefits, but I just don't think Mm -hmm. we've really understood how to get there yet. Yeah, definitely not. There's so much good right now, but there's, it's still so hard. Like we are having so much stimulation to our brain. Like there's studies that are saying like the rate at which technology has evolved, our brains cannot keep up with it. So it's just this constant stimulation that we don't know how to handle it. So it can be hard when you're constantly seeing the perfect body, the perfect person, the best side of everyone, and then you compare it to your own life and you're like, oh, like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't know, it can get tough and overwhelming, especially during COVID when that's all there is to do. Mm -hmm. And one thing I just find that helps with me is just reminding myself that like these are other people's highs and like nobody's posting their lows. And I'm obviously Mm -hmm. always thinking about my lows because I'm living them. But then again, if I look at my Instagram, like I'm also posting highs. So it's just kind of like a vicious cycle. I know it's a tough one too, because you don't want to come off as complaining or being negative. I know it's hard. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Fine line. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just important to post things that make me feel good, to be realistic in your posts too, like not always posting the best takes, trying not to edit out certain things about your body. Everyone has it, like cellulite, all these common things, like. First of all, I suck at editing, so I don't know how people have gotten so good at it, but I don't know. I just think it's normal, and the more that we see those things on social media, the more that it will become normal, and people won't be like, like, you posted a photo with cellulite? Like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. Just trying to be real as much as possible without being too negative as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the exposure to it, like, because we've been so, like, blinded from it for so long. So I think, like, right away, as soon as social media came out, everybody was obsessed with their perfections and Mm -hmm. all that. But, like, now I think we are starting to see more people post things that aren't normally posted, which is amazing to see. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really refreshing when you see people, like, we were talking about this, we both follow Victoria Garia, like, she posts her body in different poses and it's just so nice to see someone normal. Like she looks, yep. she looks gorgeous. And when she poses, she looks like everyone else, Yeah. but it's just nice to see like relaxed what someone looks like as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> agree. Um, so I know I mentioned to you before that you had posted something on your story a while ago that really stood out to me and had a really big impact on the way that I view exercise. So can you talk a bit about working out without tracking and how you've learned to use exercise as a tool for your mental health? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say a lot of the trackers, like the bands and the heart monitors, they aren't accurate, first of all. So (laughs) they're helpful and they can be tools that you can use to help you monitor your success in working out. But 
a lot of people take it as that end all and be all like, Oh, I didn't burn those 800 calories today. Like, Oh, that sucks. Like I, yeah. why did I even bother working out or why did I bother going on that walk? And I think doing the research into it, figuring out where they came up with these numbers, 10,000 steps a day, like that's your goal. Like that really helped me understand, okay, this isn't accurate. First of all, what's going to be good for my body is going to be completely different for someone else's body. And our bodies are just as smart as that smartwatch. Like your body tells you what it needs most of the time. So I think that they're great tools um, to monitor one workout versus another. Like if you're doing the same strength training two weeks apart, you can look at it that way as a comparison method, but to actually take the amount of calories you're burning and like take it as a holy grail is just not going to be accurate at the end of the day. Um, I love to compete. So like at my, one of the gyms that I work at, we have heart monitors and like you compete against each other and it's people coming first, second, third. I love that. It's fun. It's a good way to use it, but I never really take the calories that it says that I burn seriously because it's not accurate. And again, just working out has so many other benefits, like other than just how many calories were burned. And again, with the accuracy of the trackers, Cardio days are always going to be so much higher than strength training days, but with strength training, you have so many other benefits than the calories burned, and you actually burn more calories in recovery when you do strength training as well, which obviously your watch isn't going to pick up. So I don't know. I was finding that when I was wearing my watch and I wasn't hitting my targets, even though I knew all this stuff, sometimes it would kind of get me down. I was like, okay, just take breaks when I find that way. Like if my mental health is worse one week, I just won't wear it. And I'll just do exercise that makes me feel good, might not be perfect, might not like get me to the exact goals that I once had, but I, I've just found it so much better to work out based on what my body needs, what my mind needs versus like what a watch is telling me to do, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And like, I personally love my Apple watch. I like <laughs> love just to see like how active I'm being some days. Like if mm-hmm. I'm in bed all day, I'll be like, okay, I want to get at least some calories and go for a walk, things like that. But when you first posted that story a while ago, I think it just really hit home with me because I was, I would say, I think I've improved <laughs> someone who like really relied on those calories and the time, like when you're running, like making sure I'm hitting my pace or mm-hmm. making sure I'm burning a certain amount of calories, walking a certain number of steps per day. But then, like you said, like, I think it just took away from like the actual benefits that it can have for your mental health because I was just so obsessed with like the numbers. Yeah. And there's definitely nothing wrong with using it because it is a great tool to have if you are trying to figure out or you want to lose a certain amount of weight or gain muscle. It is a good estimate. But when it's getting to the point where you're becoming more stressed over hitting this goal than like using it it's like to feel good or for your mental health, then that stress is like going to be worse for your health in the long run than getting in those 10,000 steps. So I don't know. It also promotes like quantity over quality movement. Like there's a whole like and so many paths you can go down with it. But I think if you're using it just to try to stay active and it makes you feel good, perfectly fine. Keep doing it. But if you are finding you're becoming obsessed with the numbers, if you skip workouts, if you're not wearing your watch, stuff like that, like some maybe just take a step back where it's some days, not all the time, and just really focus on using exercise as a tool to better your health basically where I was going with that whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I love it because since then, like I've done workouts without my watch, I've just been like, okay, I don't feel like doing something too intense today. And I know if I see these numbers, I'm going to be down on myself. Mm -hmm. So I'll just take it off, do whatever. I'll take breaks because I know I'm not being timed. And I know I still have a long way to go to get away from that, like 
<laughs> negative mindset there, but it's honestly helped so much and it makes you feel so much better about the work that you just put in. Yeah. When you make it about the movement and just feeling good in the exercises you're doing, focusing on form, not like trying to burn as many calories as possible. It does make a big difference with how you feel. And I find it's more of a mental health like release versus like a workout to get results, which again, we're both competitors. Sometimes like those workouts are fun and it feels good too, but just to like really listen to your, like your music and focus on your movement can be kind of nice too, especially if you're struggling on certain days with your mental health. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up too, is that like the fact that we are both former athletes, like we did grow up in very competitive team environments. Mm -hmm. And I think that like does take a toll, like, especially after sport, like that, I think yeah. that just stays in our brain of how we view exercise and nutrition as well. And I think looking at these numbers, it becomes like a competition with yourself. And you're like, I'm not competing as well as I once used to. Yeah, exactly. I think there's not enough preparation for what do you do after your sport? Yeah. Like yeah. you don't have competition anymore. You're not working out seven times a week. You can't eat whatever you want and like not gain weight. So it's definitely a journey after to figure out a way to keep that competitive side, keep it fun, but also like still work on your health and everything yeah. else. Yeah. It's I love definitely that. Definitely a journey. <laughs> yeah like the mental health side of things I think is so important. And I think having this mindset is something that's really helped me. And hopefully everyone who's listening to this episode will hopefully maybe try to take off their watch for a workout or whatever it is for them <laughs> to see these benefits as well. Yeah, it's a good challenge. Honestly, just listening to your favorite music and doing exercises that just genuinely feel good and make you strong is so different than oh, I got to burn another 100 calories in the next 10 minutes. Like, and just yeah. doing the exercises rush just so that your watch, which is on your wrist, not even the best place to get yeah. your pulse, you can pick <laughs> up your pulse so it can say that you burn oh, a certain amount of calories. It's been a and long relationship with that. <laughs> I bet. Just one last thing on this topic. I think yeah. another thing you said was like, just do movements that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think like reframing or like changing that verbiage from like working out, doing sets to just movements is such a mm -hmm. big switch like in your brain because you just start thinking that like you're doing movements, you're moving your body in a way that feels good rather than like forcing myself through these reps to get that result. Yeah, for sure. I think people underestimate the value of movement and how often in a day you're actually getting movement in. And if you're trying to lose weight, whatever your goal is, at the end of the day, it's going to be calories in versus calories out. So all that movement adds up. If you're walking, that's movement. You're doing laundry, that's movement. Making dinner, pacing around the, room, like the house, that's movement. So none of those things are super hard to do. They're kind of second nature. So if you're thinking about exercise as movement instead of all oh, exercise, I'm going to go punish myself for an hour. Like it makes it a little bit easier to do it too. Cause you're just doing movement that you know, you're going to feel happy after and it's going to be rewarding for you versus mm -hmm. yeah, that exercise. Oh, I got to yeah. get through this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great tip and is honestly super helpful. Yeah. It's small things again, like just changing yeah. the way you view things can have the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned at the beginning your like science background and how you're now taking a holistic nutrition course. <laughs> so can you share any important information or tips that have helped you along the way? Yeah, I think it's been really interesting to learn about the holistic side because again, like I was saying, it's more like body, mind, spirit, not so much science and like black and white. And I think it's just so interesting to realize how much control your brain has over your entire body. Like we talk about this all the time, small things like gratitude or just trying to be more positive 
they sound so silly, but you have so much power that you don't even realize that can help so much. I think a good example of this is there was the study that was done on stress. And one of the biggest things people will always say, if you want to be healthier or if you're having like gut issues or anything else is that you're too stressed, you need to reduce your stress. And what this study actually found is it's not so much the stress itself, but it's how you interpret the stress. So for example, if you're going on stage, you get the butterflies. If you're like, oh, I'm so nervous, like I'm going to mess up. Like obviously that stress is going to have a negative impact on your body. But if you are taking that stress as, oh, I'm excited, this is a new opportunity, like they actually found that this didn't have any negative impacts. In fact, it had positive impacts, released positive hormones into your body. And I, I know I'm simplifying it, but trying to just think of things in the best light possible has so many benefits on your health. And it's actually been proven scientifically, which is cool. But yeah, I think holistic nutrition is just understanding that your brain has power over your body and things aren't as black and white as they seem. And that it's not just about working out a certain way, eating a certain way, but that your mental health can have a huge impact on everything as well. It's been really interesting to learn about that. <laughs> you know, that's funny that you brought up that stress study because that's something I also learned in school. Yeah, it's um, cool. But yeah, I think it's like your perceived stress. So how you actually interpret mm -hmm. what these feelings are doing to you. And it's honestly just a mental game. Like you said, as weird as it sounds, like there is so much power in the way that you control your brain. And yeah. I think for me, like I always relate this back to mental illness and it's not always easy to get that control. So I think for sure. very dependent on like a day-to-day -day basis, like some days yes. can be super easy and some days will be very tough. So for me, like what, what I said in my story is just that those good days, like I tried to do extra work to control my brain that way. Like they started to overpower the bad. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. I, it's definitely not a one way, this is it, it's a cure. It's just little things that can help more than you think. You're never fully out of control, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's like, you can try your best every day. I guess another tip I would say is like, not to overcomplicate things in this process. I think social media can make it very overwhelming with, there's one way to do things. You gotta do these workouts to get these results. You gotta eat this way and you'll get these results. But it's actually a lot more simpler than that. The science is super simple with how you get results. Progressive overload, you got to keep challenging your bodies. Right now we have no access to weights, but if you're still challenging yourself, you will see results. It just might be slightly different or slower, but you just got to keep challenging. I think the same goes for your mental health too, is you just got to keep challenging yourself and keep doing little things every day to try to be the most positive you can be. Because yeah, some of those bad days are inevitable for everyone, right? Yeah. So you just mm -hmm. got to do your best to keep working on it. Absolutely. I guess one of the things with social media to look out for is that people are often promising quick results. You see all the time like workouts, oh, do this to get an hourglass figure. Like this is like the big booty workout, whatever it is. And you're not going to do one eight minute workout and get those results. So just keep in mind, it's important to do workouts that make you feel good, stay consistent with. The best way to get results is to do things for long periods of time and to stay consistent. So picking workouts that you love to do and that you can be consistent with and also can continue to do them sustainably are going to be the ones that get results the fastest. And the same goes for food as well. Like there are so many fads on social media yeah. right now, like eating certain diets to lose weight, calories in versus calories out, certain like nutrients are going to make you feel better and make it easier along the way. But just keep that in mind too. It doesn't have to be one way or no way. And it 
doesn't have to be as hard as they make it seem. And that the other thing is, of course, there's not one magic pill. (laughs) There's so many things going around on TikTok that take this and lose (laughs) this way. Like, I don't know if you saw chlorophyll was the big one. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, everyone was obsessed with it. And it's great and can be, can help you in so many ways, can help your health, but it's not going to be that magic weight loss pill that I think people are looking for. (laughs) Yeah. And I think because it is a process, like it does happen over a long period of time, a lot of people just get discouraged because they see all these results, Mm -hmm. whether it's fitness or nutrition related on social media. And they're like, why can't I see this in me? Like I've been doing this for two weeks, whatever. Like, because I think you get super like obsessed with a routine or a regimen like right away, but it's hard to stick to, obviously. Like there's a lot of factors that will impact that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to extreme routines like if you're working out six times a week your body's going to get tired it's going to need a break or if you're doing a super strict diet like your body's going to ask for more carbs or more of other food groups because it's not sustainable if you do it too extreme so i think social media can make it seem like there is only one way to get it done but you really have to just take the time to figure out what works for you because we're all so unique and that Mm -hmm. takes time unfortunately like just got to be patient especially now like with everybody i guess living at home like due to covid learning how to use your resources to the best of your mm-hmm. ability not everybody has access like you said to weights or maybe you only have a couple of dumbbells at home you only have yeah. something like knowing what you can do with what you have yeah it, it's so it, like there's no reason to do nothing if yeah. you if you want to you don't need any equipment and it yeah. still will have so many benefits physically mentally it's just being patient with the results and just Finding movement that you actually want to do, I think, is the biggest thing. Because if you hate the exercises you're doing, you're not going to stick to them for long periods of time. And again, consistency is key. Yeah. So lastly, do you have any tips about balance and how we can try to improve our overall well-being? Um, yes, let's go through <laughs> lots of them. Um, I guess for balance, the biggest thing I think about is what are we racing for? What is your end goal? What are you trying to achieve? If it's overall health then there's no end game in sight like you're not gonna work on your health for three months and then stop like you're gonna need to be healthy for the rest of your life so why not take steps that you enjoy and that make you the healthiest version of yourself but also doing it at a pace that works for you so that they can be sustainable and i guess the difference is if it's physique wise like you're trying to get the bikini body the summer body that's what always everyone's after (laughs) And it can be tempting to do it in quick ways, but if you're going to go through extreme periods of deprivation, maybe you have that body for two weeks and then you're struggling to maintain it after, it's not worth in the long run for the impact that's going to have on your health, mentally, physically. And just if you don't have that perfect body this summer, it's okay to take the time that you need to find it and to figure out what works for you because consistency is key. We're in this for life. So why not find a balance that works for you? Again, patience is all that you need, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and I like how you like promote sustainability because I think a lot of people do get, again, like I said, like very quickly obsessed with what they're doing. And it's not only like impossible to maintain, but like physically your body won't let you maintain that physique. Like you said, I think a lot of people unfortunately restrict food like for a couple weeks before summer and they try to get this body really quick, but that's not healthy and your body won't allow it. Yeah. I think that's something I even struggled with at the beginning of COVID. Again, it was one of those things I didn't notice I was really doing until I like sat down with myself, but it was like, 
the weekends overindulge. Like I have a lot of Italian family like you and eating is a love language. So there's always good food around. There's always drinks. So you do that on the weekends and Monday would come around. It was like, oh, maybe I wouldn't eat breakfast or I would try to eat super healthy for a couple of days. Obviously it doesn't work by Thursday night. Like I was like back in my old habits and people don't really talk about that stuff enough either because cheat days are so normal or like, yeah, so many of those aspects are just normal now, but it's so much easier to build a relationship with food that's sustainable and that makes you feel good every single day instead of having like those Sunday night misery like situation. Like, oh, I got to start over tomorrow. Again, it's hard, but I think it's worth it since health is for so long and it's not just for today, next week, next month. Just got to take the time to figure out what works for you because who cares what other people are doing? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's you, it's your body, it's your brain. So just be patient with figuring out what works for you is the best way I would say to find that balance. Yeah. And when you say health, like related to nutrition, I think a lot of people just assume physical and they kind of just disregard the mental and emotional side of it. Mm-hmm. But I think like you also promote the 80-20 rule on your page And I think those like, you know, having a slice of cake after a meal is good, not maybe not great for you, (laughs) but it's good to like eat things that make you feel good and allow you to like enjoy what you're eating. Yeah. I always say like eat for what keeps your body happy, but also keeps you happy. Like if Mm -hmm. for me, vegetables are sometimes still hard thing to get in (laughs) enough of the day. I just, there's not many I genuinely love. I know so many people do, but (laughs) it's not my favorite. So finding a balance of, okay, we're having pizza for dinner. Like I know that this isn't the best option. So what can I add to this plate? Okay. I can have salad, like adding to it, finding that balance. The pizza's making me excited. I'm happy. I feel satisfied, but I also ate foods that made my body feel good and will help like your mental health as well. Cause yeah, something they don't talk about enough either is how important nutrition is for mental health. It's a good thing like vitamins and balancing your supplements is something that again, is another cliche subject. It's just not talked about as much. Yeah. Well, I think this was amazing. You gave a lot of great (laughs) tips. And honestly, like genuinely your page has really helped me. And I love seeing all the positive posts and like I do your workouts and I use your nutrition (laughs) tips and I love it. So thank you so much for doing what you do and for coming to be a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you know how much you're helping people too. I know it can be hard to put yourself out there a lot as well, but you're doing so great. So thank you too. (laughs) Thank you. I personally absolutely loved this conversation. I think that a lot of people, not just women, have poor relationships with exercise, nutrition, body image, and just an overall view of what a healthy lifestyle means to them. And I think that these negative perceptions and beliefs are enforced by social media and the people that we typically look up to have all of these amazing things like we talked about in this conversation. So it's really easy to look at this on a screen and then think about your own life and say, wow, I suck. I don't have all this. I don't have that body. I don't eat that clean. I don't have these resources. And even more specifically, like, my legs don't look like that. I maybe can't afford to eat healthy and get the fruits and vegetables because they're more expensive than the processed food. 
And these are very, very common internal thoughts that have become automatic as you're scrolling through Instagram, even if you don't acknowledge it right away. Brianna also mentioned that the comparison game is constantly being played. So that's why I think it's just so important to follow people that make you feel good. And I think we're always going to have insecurities and maybe we'll look at someone sometimes and say, like, I wish I looked like that. But it's all about how you interpret those thoughts and incorporate this balance into your life. Like, obviously, exercise is super important and being active and eating healthy has been scientifically proven that it does improve your overall health and well-being. But when it comes to a point that that's the only thing that matters in your life and you become consumed by this desire to reach that weight or reach those calories, whatever it may be, that's when you take away from all the positive benefits that exercise and eating healthy and things like that actually has to offer. And that's why I love everything that Brie promotes. And I think following her has just reminded me of this relationship that all these things actually have with your mental health and has inspired me to take a step back and say, I want to do this for me. This makes me feel good. So I'm going to do this. This doesn't make me feel good. So I'm going to stop doing this. And this is something I've talked about in terms of just strictly mental health, but I think it applies here as well as just that self-awareness piece and taking a second in the morning to think about what do I need to do today for my mind and for my body? What is going to make me feel good? Is my body craving rest? Is my body craving movement? Does my mind need some sort of stimulation? And just taking a second to actually Think about what you're doing and why you're doing it has so much power and actually helps you with decision making, productivity, and all these tasks that are quite difficult to do on poor mental health days. So I don't know, I can talk about this forever. I think I'm just rambling at this point. But honestly, one of the biggest things that has helped me is the word movement. And I just wanted to touch on this really quick because especially as former athletes, you know, you get in this like mentality of having to do this super hard exercise. And I think she said punishing your body. And I think these days are important sometimes, obviously progressive overload, you want to have some intense workouts, strength training, whatever it may be. But then there's also days that your body might just be craving some sort of movement. And it's something that I've really tried to do internally is just say like, I want to move today. Maybe I'm just going to go do a quick workout, not follow a routine, not have any kind of goal in mind other than just moving my body in a way that feels good. And I don't plan out what these reps or sets are going to look like. And I don't even think of it as that. I'll just come down to my little workout area and do what feels good in that moment. Maybe I'll start with jumping jacks and then I'll crave some type of strength. So I'll grab a dumbbell and maybe do some weighted sit-ups or honestly, whatever it is, I just think about, okay, what's going to serve me right now? And if I do 10 minutes of movement and my body feels tired, I'll stop. But if I can keep going and I'm at 25 minutes and I'm checking in with myself and saying, okay, this is the movement that my body needed today. I feel good physically. I feel good mentally. I've accomplished this. So there are lots of great tips, I think, from this episode, and I really hope this will 
help improve your own relationships with exercise, food, and your well-being. If you are not following her Instagram page, I highly suggest you do so. Even just as you're scrolling and you see her little gratefulness posts or what are you doing today for you, it really helps just ground you and stop you from that flow of social media and what it can do to you. So her Instagram page is at Breeze Boot Camp, which is also linked in my description. There are a ton of great workouts on there and I love it because You know, she's in her house. She's not at a gym. She's outside just in this small area. She doesn't have a ton of weights or anything. And it feels normal. It's what a lot of us have access to right now. And it provides realistic workouts and nutrition tips for everyday people, which I think is amazing. So huge shout out to Brie for coming on this episode and for just everything she does. I think this is going to take her a very long way. She has a ton of great perspectives and with how much she has helped me, I know she's helping a ton of other people. So thank you for listening to this episode and for me kind of ramble here at the end. It's clearly something I'm very passionate about and a message that I really, really want to help spread. So I know the weather is supposed to be super nice this weekend. I hope everybody can enjoy it, get outside. Maybe get some fun movement in that makes you feel good without the stress of tracking or whatever you use, whatever your mentality is, just applying some of what you learned today into your everyday life. Thank you for tuning in and I will be back next week. (laughs) 